Since 1997, only one film composer can say the movies that he's worked on have been the top-grossing films of all time. We will be listening to the fantasy and adventure film scores of James Horner today on Frame Tracks. in L.A. He's always been an L.A. guy. He got his start in uh, the film world by uh, Mr. Roger Corman, B-movie director and producer, who is responsible for starting a lot of uh, careers in Hollywood, including Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese, Ron Howard, uh, James Cameron, Joe Dante, the the list goes on and on. Uh, But he's also uh, started James Horner's career with a film called uh, Battle Beyond the Stars. Now, I'd like to start the show out uh, by playing a track from the film that uh, really brought James Horner to my attention. After the huge success of Star Wars in 77, studios were looking for their own sci-fi properties. Uh, Paramount had only one, and that was Star Trek. They, they thought about uh, turning it back into a TV show, making Star Trek two TV show uh, that uh, eventually was scrapped after watching how uh, Battlestar Galactica Universal science fiction outlet uh, how poorly it did because they cut a lot of corners for TV so Paramount decided to make a big budget uh, Star Trek film and in 1979 they released uh, Star Trek the motion picture with uh, a phenomenal score by uh, Jerry Goldsmith Uh, A few years later, though, in 1982, Paramount decided they did want a sequel, but they didn't want to pay the big bucks for it. So the big-name director, Robert Wise, was out, um, replacing him with uh, a then-relatively-unknown director, Nicholas Meyer. And uh, they also uh, got rid of Jerry Goldsmith because he was too expensive as well. And they brought in a a newcomer, took a big risk on a newcomer, uh, Mr. James Horner. And he uh, composed a phenomenal score for the uh, sequel to Star Trek, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, Many believe uh, that it was Horner's score that really saved the movie. The movie was good anyway. It was a smaller movie. It was more intimate. It was more action-packed. But it was really James Horner's score that drove the movie and and really uh, brought the action home. Without further ado, let's listen to a track from that score. Uh, From Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, this is Surprise Attack. Thank you. 
At the beginning of the show, I mentioned that James Horner, since 1997, his films have held the uh, top grossing spots of all time. Uh, currently, here in fall of 2010, James Horner actually has the top two top grossing films of all time uh, that he scored for. Number one is James Cameron's 3D epic, Avatar. Uh, and let's make the second one our trivia question uh, for this show. Uh, can you name the second top-grossing film of all time that James Horner also did score? We'll be playing a piece from that later. But first, let's take it back to 1989. James Horner was having a fantastic year. He had done several great scores that year, including uh, In Country and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, as well as um, this film, which won him a Golden Globe nominee. From the 1989 Civil War drama Glory, this is the main theme.
What I love most about uh, James Horner's music is how lyrical uh, it can be. He's, he's written some of the most beautiful music for film uh, ever. And uh, a great example of that was a score he did for a pretty much unknown film called Brainstorm. This movie came out in 1983 and was directed by uh, science fiction visual effects artist Douglas Trumbull. The film starred Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood, and Natalie Wood actually died during the making of the film, uh, plaguing the production. Uh, Eventually, it did get finished and released. What's eerie about that is the movie actually deals with death. The scientists in the film create a device that allows them to record uh, somebody dying and then play it back. The score for the film uh, was absolutely uh, beautiful, and I'm going to play a piece now, the love theme uh, that James Horner wrote for the, the Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood characters. From the 1983 Douglas Trumbull film Brainstorm, this is Michael's Gift. Thank you. 
1988, Splash director Ron Howard teamed with uh, science fiction great George Lucas and came up with the fantasy film Willow. Uh, the film starred Warwick Davis as a um, little person that had to save a baby from an evil queen. The movie was a huge success that summer, and uh, you know, proving that he knows how to do themes, uh, James Horner wrote a, another fantastic score. From that film, 1988's Willow, this is the main theme.
As usual, anything you hear on today's show uh, that you enjoy, please go by uh, or download, log on and download or um, get on eBay and see if you can find it. Uh, most of the scores that you hear are still readily available. And, uh, you know, these shows don't even begin to scratch the surface, especially with uh, James Horner. There are there are just, you know, years and years and years of, of really fantastic scores by him. Uh, Two of which are the top grossing films of all time. Getting back to our trivial trivia question. Number one uh, currently is James Cameron's 3D epic Avatar. And I asked earlier, what was the number two top grossing film of all time that James Horner did the score for? And uh, this one uh, probably wasn't too hard to figure out. It was James Cameron's previous film from 1997. This is Titanic.
This next piece proves that film music lives long after the film has gone. The piece is from 1991's The Rocketeer. This was a Disney film starring Billy Campbell and Jennifer Connelly. Overall, a, a fun adventure film about a guy that uh, straps a rocket to his back, essentially, and becomes a superhero. Uh, but Disney was not pleased with his performance. It did uh, very poorly, even though the movie wasn't that bad. Uh, it uh, promptly canceled the two sequels that it had already uh, contracted the actors uh, for. So you've probably uh, not seen the film, or maybe you've never even heard the film, but that doesn't cheapen the beauty and the, the, the majesty of the score. Judge for yourself. Here is the main theme from The Rocketeer.
wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't uh, play this next piece. In 1985, director Ron Howard uh, used uh, James Horner for the first time in a film that he directed about elderly people who came across uh, some pods that were left here on Earth from aliens. The film, Cocoon, was shot in locations uh, in nearby here in St. Petersburg, Florida. The movie won two Academy Awards. Uh, and the the score that James Horner wrote, uh, he, he wrote a very touching, a very lyrical, of course, a very beautiful score for the film. And uh, I, like I said, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be doing James Horner justice without playing at least one piece from that film, the hugely successful 1985 film Cocoon.
I'd like to end the show, as I always do, by playing my favorite piece from uh, the featured composer. This time, it's uh, James Horner. This was an easy one for me. I've loved this song. It's been one of my favorite songs since I heard it uh, more than 20 years ago. It's from a film called The Land Before Time, directed by fame animation director Don Bluth and executive produced by Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. The movie uh, was a, a fantastic animated film, which unfortunately spawned a bunch of really horrible uh, direct-to-video sequels. Um, according to Wikipedia, there's 12 of them out there. And if you've ever seen any of the sequels, then you would never have any interest of seeing the original film because the sequels are, like I said, just absolute atrocities. They're just terrible. Uh, why Spielberg and Lucas and Bluth allowed those sequels to get made, I'll never know. They are are you know, nothing like the original film. So I do highly recommend if you have an opportunity to go back and make sure you're renting the original The Land Before Time from 1988 uh, and none of the sequels. If it has a, a number after it, um, then it, it, it was just an atrocity. Uh, the score for the first film had a, a beautiful, beautiful score, of course, from James Horner. And uh, again, this is another case of where the movie really isn't that important. Um, it's the, the, the music really lives on long after the film um, has been forgotten. And uh, I, I think you know, if you've never heard this piece before, uh, you're, you're just going to be moved by it. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful piece. Uh, and this is, again, from The Land Before Time. And this is going to take us to the end of the show. Thank you again for uh, listening. And please, if you have any comments or suggestions, you can email me at info at frametracks.com. That's T-R-A-X dot com. You can also go to frametracks.com and leave comments on the website. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think of the show. Love to hear any comments you may have. Uh, love to hear if there's somebody in particular you'd like to listen or hear in the future. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. This is Frame Tracks.
If you enjoyed listening to Frame Tracks, please log in and leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to email me questions, requests, or comments to info at frametracks.com. That's F-R-A-M-E-T-R-A-X. And please support these great composers by purchasing their music. Until next time, this is Frame Tracks.